What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. Every day on the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast, we discuss faith, spirituality, and the realms of paranormal. Today is another day, another great podcast, another episode for you. Revelations, City of God Revealed. By the way, it's not what you think. In fact, I've got a theory today that I think um, is actually quite a well-developed theory, and I'm going to share it. I'm probably going to get much deeper into this theory as time goes on, um, as I continue to unpack the mysteries of the book of Revelation. Uh, Being anything but a dogmatic religious book, the more I read it, um, and more of an esoteric representation of the ascension of the sun, of man okay the son of man becoming the christ this is personally the way i interpret it and the way i read it um i think it is fascinating to read this way when read dogmatically of course we are waiting for a physical kingdom of god to return we're waiting for um literally basically a space cube to descend over the middle east and become the home of god on earth um that is in direct direct opposition to what Jesus himself says within the Gospels. Um, By the way, quick disclaimer, this is not a religious channel. I'm not interested in debating religion with you. I'm not interested in talking about theology, okay? I have gone through theological studies for over 10 years of my life, um, and I've studied the Bible my entire life, um, 30 plus years. So um, I get it. Like, I know all the different... You know, oh, this is supposed to be Jesus coming to live with people and, you know, he's going to heal everyone and the hearts are going to be one and blah, blah, blah. Like, I get it. I mean, I, I, I understand that point of view. So what I'm looking at today is anything but that point of view. OK, and it's not to be rude or facetious or, you know, just go against what I was raised with. It's just an honest like I'm ready to look at this stuff with an open mind for all people and understand the universal connectivity that runs through all of our spiritual tradition traditions um, in a way that, you know, doesn't exclude a bunch of people because they just don't, you know, have the same belief code or something like that. Um, because that's just not how I understand it. So, and that's what this background today is actually a mathematical program of what I'm talking about today. And it, um, the new Jerusalem cube, talked about in the book of Revelation is a very interesting dichotomy. Again, a lot of people think it's a physical thing that comes down. Uh, some people say it's a pyramid. Some people say it's a Merkaba. Um, the actual measurements are something like 14 to 1500 miles tall, 1500 miles wide, deep, etc. You know, it's, it's crazy. Uh, the star of Nazareth. Yeah, absolutely. So Lots of different theories about this. Um, Lots of different theories. Um, I have always said, if a spaceship lands on the earth and a guy claiming to be Jesus Christ steps out, even if he looks and feels like him, I am going to be soups skeptical, okay? Like, I am, I'm going to have 21 questions for this guy, I'll tell you that. Because I'm I'm going to be like, dude, why did you say it doesn't come with visible signs? Like, why did you say that? And then everybody, the entire church construct says, no, we're waiting for the kingdom of God. 
when he said it's already here in your midst. And by the way, the word he used in Greek for midst means within. There's not another meaning for that. It is literally within. So he's talking about kingdom of God being within you. Now, can this be, what's up, Dreamstar? How are you? Friday morning live. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I've got a crazy weekend, as we all do. So uh, I wanted to get this going early, uh, get the, the episode for the day out, because I know a lot of people get busy on Friday afternoons, and I just wanted to hit everybody up a little bit earlier in the day. I may start doing more early podcasts on Friday. So Missy, thank you for the fire, my friend. Uh, Morgan Kelly says alien invasion, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Sure could be. Um, but again, that wouldn't line up very well with what he said, right? I'm going to put my regular iMac camera on here. Is that, is that okay? There we go. I don't know why. I don't know what the heck is going on. That camera keeps flashing and it's driving me nuts, but my hair looks nice and messy on this one. So, um, yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, okay. So we're going to start reading from the book of revelation today, revelation 21. I'm just going to burn through it here. I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a loud voice of heaven saying, Behold, God's dwelling is with people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. I know I sound like a Baptist preacher, but that's, that's kind of how you have to read this, right? He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Neither will be their mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. The first things have passed away. He who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. The crystal city. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, people have reported to see these crystal cities for centuries, by the way. Um, I don't doubt that they are potentially multidimensional, uh, you know, cities, dwellings for uh, what we call spirit, but is actually more the real substratum of humanity. Um, you know, that's kind of my thought about it. So again, uh, why did Jesus say something different than this? So the kingdom of God is in your midst. Okay, so Luke 17:21. Luke 17:21. It says nor will people say look here it is. Well, that's weird because John just said behold I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And then down here, he says, behold, for God's dwelling is with people. Behold, I saw a new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. And again, Jesus himself. You can't make this up, okay? You know, a pastor is going to try to massage around this. 
and and come up with some sort of justification which which to me at this point in 2024 with my highly evolved brain that's a joke by the way this doesn't make any sense why is jesus literally saying nor will people say and right before that by the way he says when asked by the pharisees when the kingdom of god would come yeah, the kingdom of God. Literally what Revelation is talking about. Does that mean that revolution is a, a revelation is a complete plagiarism? It's early, guys. I didn't have enough coffee this morning. Does that mean that revelation is a complete plagiarism? Does it mean it's completely made up? Or maybe it means we don't have a clue how to interpret it because we keep trying to take it literally when it's a complete allegory for your soul's map and the unity that you have as a person, as the bride of Christ, as the son of God, directly to God. Martin says 100% exactly. Um, hey, what's up, honeybee? How are you, my friend? When asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the kingdom of God will not come with observable signs. I'm sorry, guys. You can't mention the book of Revelation without people talking about the signs and wonders, right? You can't mention it without the, the everybody Everybody, even people who don't go to church, who are non-believers, they understand the book of Revelation, the pop culture around the book of Revelation. It is the signs and wonders, the end of the world, the beginning of the kingdom of God, the revelation of seeing that, right? Yeah, Murbs, absolutely, my friend, absolutely. That's actually a big part of what this episode's about. We're going to talk about Merkabah's we're going to talk about the mandala, not the mandala mandala effect, but mandalas, the actual um, sacred Indian geometric designs. And what I actually think the book of Revelation is encoded with here. So the kingdom of God will not come with observable signs, nor will people say, look, here it is, or look, there it is, for the kingdom of God is in your midst. Now, I have heard a thousand sermons where pastors have tried to tiptoe around this and say that it is Jesus who was in their midst. And therefore, I'm going to show you guys right now. I'm going to literally prove every single one of those pastors. If you hear a pastor this weekend say this, I want you to show them this word and say, you are wrong, Mr. Pastor or Mrs. Pastor, depending on where you go. By the way, I don't normally do that. I really don't care to prove myself right or wrong. But I want you to have the data. And here's the word. It's intos, midst. Intos, strong 1787. Within, inside, the inside. Okay? You can't make it up. You can't make that up. I really... Uh, there is no other meaning for that. And again, you'll probably have, you know, some pushback or arguing or 
they'll spin allegory where allegories shouldn't be spinned, spun. It's too early. I can't even talk today. I'm telling you guys, I'm trying to get back on my early schedule. I used to do 11 o'clocks all the time. And now it's like, you know, three or four o'clock, boom, I get the energy. Right now, I'm, I'm, I'm snarky. It's early. I still have a half a pot of coffee that's cold because I didn't drink it. What's up, Rachel Marie? How are you? So, yeah, Intos literally means, I mean, there's no other definition, no other explanation whatsoever for Luke 1721. So get that, like, let's take that off the table. I cannot, and Steve says, you cannot interpret scripture without the Holy Spirit. Dude, everybody says that, and I am here to argue that 99.9% .9 of people that say they have the Holy Spirit don't have a flipping clue what the Holy Spirit is. First off, the Holy Spirit is the divine mother. It is a wave in particle physics, okay? It is not some, you know... It, Thing that's like the disembodied voice of Jesus. That's not what this thing is. Thank you, honeybee. The Holy Spirit, amen, Cub Martin says thank you. The Holy Spirit is a mother. It's a guide. It's a comforter. It's the wave that tells your energy where to go and what to do and how, and your intelligence tells it how to manifest here in the 3D realm. Steve says you're hilarious. Steve, I'm going to tell you right now, I can find you a hundred people that claim to have the Holy Spirit. Not one of them will agree. The Holy Spirit does not disagree with itself because the Holy Spirit is a neutral guiding mother force. Okay. That is straight out of the Vedic texts. That is straight out of the philosophy of Jesus himself. It is not churchianity. It is not religiosity and it is not theology. Martin says preach. Thank you, my friend. So much love to you, Steve. Much love to anyone who has that, okay? Uh, but I'm telling you, I'm not religious, okay? I'm deconstructed. I got no use for it. I got all love for it, but I got no use for it. It served me zero in my life, zero fruit. In fact, it gave me bad fruit. It gave me addictions, self-hatred, self-loathing. I hurt myself and others. I had crappy relationships. I literally didn't want to live, even when I had the Holy Spirit. Steve says, because you never knew him. Steve, why do you presume things about people, brother? Why do you presume anything about anybody? You don't know me. You've never met me. What gives you the gall to say anything about me on my show to me? That is such a go-to. Oh, you never knew him. Like, he's different for everyone. In fact, nobody knows him because we don't even know if he was real. He might be an allegory for humanity and the ascension of humanity. By the way, Jesus, he is us. By the way, the Christ is the anointed man. It's all allegory, okay? If he was a historical character, great. But what happened is Rome took this beautiful message. Clearly, he says right here, the kingdom, like you guys have been looking for this for centuries. Quit, like stop, just stop looking for it. It doesn't come with visible signs. 
it's something that you become, not something that comes to you. TJ Moore says, do you believe in God? Absolutely. Let me say this. I believe in the gods. There's a lot of gods. But I am yoked with the source. Okay, that's a much different thing. Most people don't understand that when I say that. And it's not because I'm some high and mighty yogi or guru or anything. It's just because I've spent my life learning where there is no fruit. And for someone to say, I never knew him. Guys, I knew him intimately. I cried with Jesus. I went through addictions with Jesus. I went through suffering. I went through resurrections. I went through all kinds of stuff. And when I finally realized that the Jesus that I and everybody else was experiencing is called a tulpa, an egregore or a thought form. That changed my life because I realized that Jesus for me and for everyone is completely different because we create the image of Jesus when he was trying to say the image of Christ is in you. It's in the eye of the beholder. And by the way, I don't have to prove myself on this at all. You can literally go read the canonical gospels and realize that he disagrees, he challenges, and he comes against every single religious construct that was on the planet up until that time, including today. And no one sees it because it's an uncomfortable idea. Imagine thinking the literal spirit of wisdom is bound to a book of pseudepigrapha. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, Dream Star. Thank you, my friend. Ye are gods, honeybee says. Co-creators, Christ within. Exactly. Exactly. Jesus loves you says, oh, no, sir. Please don't listen to this man. Hey, totally your opinion. Totally respect that, by the way. You guys can come at me all day long. Throw throw all your best like arguments at me. Throw all your best churchianity, religiosity, throw the Bible, whatever. I'll, I'll just keep loving you. Keep throwing it at me. I'll keep loving you, okay? I have to, you know, kick people out occasionally if you're just going to be a jerk. But if you're genuinely here and you want to learn and you're, you're interested in deconstructing your ideas, you're in the right place, by the way. If you're not and you want to prove something, you know, go prove it to someone else. By the way, go prove it to yourself, because if you feel like you need to argue with me, I promise you, a thousand percent, you don't actually believe it. And that's the most terrifying thing for you and for millions of people. The fact that you have to go save other people, prove to other people, tell them you're right, tell them they're wrong, that shows how little conviction you have. It shows how little buy-in you have. It's like the guy who sells, you know, a certain breed of sports car, but doesn't even drive it. Like you're, you haven't even bought your own product, right? Yet you're trying to sell it to everybody else. And I know exactly, exactly what that feels like. And it's not a fun place. That's why I can love you, by the way, because I've been there. I've been there. Okay. It's not that I'm high and mighty. It's not that I'm smarter than anyone. I'm just saying, I've been there. And that's why I say this. In in your midst, intos, in the Greek, means within. Guys, I have this on my desktop. My literal desktop on my computer here. It says, Basalia Theo Intos. Basalia Theo Intos. And this is my reminder every day. Thank you, Riley. Riley says, well said. 
This is my daily reminder. Basalia means kingdom, but it doesn't mean kingdom as in a place, by the way. God, my nose is itching today. Um, it means the rule or reign of God. And so Basalia literally means the rule or reign of God is within you. Basalia Theos Intos. Theos is God or supreme divinity. So the reign of the supreme divinity. Specifically, Theos means invisible or spirit divinity. So Basalia Theos Intos. The kingdom or the reign of the invisible God is within you. It's within all of us, right? Uh, if you can't drink your own Kool-Aid, I don't want to hear it. Amen, Dreamstar. Here you go. I got mine. Mine's green today. Ah, and it's good. Come on in. The water is fine. Amy Lynn says, I've been there too. Absolutely, my friend. It's not a fun place. It's it's actually, it's a really scary place. And again, that's why I can love people. Um, you know, and and the, I don't know, people disagree with me more often than not, I think. But, but at the same time, you know, it's, I can just continue to be love. Um, and that's why this isn't a religious show. I'm not here to evangelize anybody. I, I literally don't care what you believe. I care what I believe. And you shouldn't care what I believe. You should care what you believe. And if I challenge your belief or, you know, rock your boat or you're like, oh, this guy is insane. This guy's just, you know, I don't know what he's smoking. Well, you better just ask yourself what you really believe. If you disagree with me, that's an opportunity for you to reassert your agreements with yourself, not me. You know, anytime I disagree with someone online, I answer it within myself and I make content about it. I literally don't ever even say a word to that person because it's not, I'm not trying to prove anything to them. I'm just reasserting my own agreements with myself. By the way, I do that publicly. Everybody gets to see that. Most people do it privately. That's the difference between myself and other people is I've just decided I'm going to bear myself online, you know, no, I don't have a, uh, an only whatever. Um, but I get to bear my emotions, my spiritual agreements, the things I'm wrestling with online. I wrestle with the book of revelation. I don't have a clue. You know, one of the worst parts of the book of revelation is right when you open it, it's like, woe to ye who changes the words of this book. For it would be better if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were to be thrown into the ocean than to change one iota of this book. And it's like, what? I mean, you talk about like barrier to entry, talk about a gatekeeper. Oh my gosh. And, you know, again, for anything to have that and rather be open to interpretation and experience is kind of a, an issue for me. So been there and have the t-shirt, Martin says. Merle, what is up, brother? Uh, they need to tap into the I am. Amen, brother. Amen. Absolutely. Karen says, great response, Cub. Thank you so much. Riley says, I appreciate your dedications. Um, it's love in one that is everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. And guys, I'm not all puppy dogs and rainbows and love all day long. Okay. I get pissed off. I get aggravated. I get up. I get down. I get bucked down whatever the song is, I get knocked down, I get up again, right? Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not just this hippie sitting on a rock, you know, like boot, the Buddha frog, you know, with a rainbow over my head. Like, that would be nice, but that's actually not life. And that's not even fun for me. 
I've done the highly meditative, like, you know, just stay in this flow, like all day, every day thing. And it's just not that fun. I like to anchor things down. I like to get, it's such a weird thing. Like we live in a game and we create the game we live in. And so I like to be challenged. And unfortunately I create challenges for myself, you know, and then I go like, why can't I get a break? And it's like, well, cause you just get bored. You dummy. Like you keep creating things for yourself to like conquer and overcome. Right. Um, and so I finally, you know, I've decided to start giving myself a break, let myself have some wins and then like get, get bigger problems. Like, you know, uh, I'm tired of the little problems I have. I want bigger problems. Like let's, let's solve bigger problems. Like what's a bigger problem for me? It's like, okay, um, how do I run a podcast and reach millions of people? Okay. Well, we've been doing that for the last couple of years. We've, we've literally reached multiple millions of people. Um, we're going to be at a million followers probably, you know, very soon across all platforms. So like, what's the next problem? Well, the next problem is, well, can I fit 10,000 people in a room together? Like, you know, the next problem is, is like, okay, well, can we get 10,000 people in our private community? Like, um, and then can I get 10,000 people in a conference or a thousand people in a room and actually do a conference for three days, keep people entertained, fed, do it well, do it professionally, um, and make sure people have a life changing experience. Like that's a, that's a bigger problem to have than like the little problems I keep creating for myself. So I just say, you know, get bigger problems. I think it's a, a really good philosophy. Um, because if you're learning and growing, you know, you're ready to take them on, right? So as we continue through Revelation 21, because those were some good questions. I love you all, by the way. Um, so, you know, thanks for the comments and stuff. Uh, Amy Lynn says, I made friends uh, where we sat and talk about quantum energy instead of religion. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Well, we can be friends then. I appreciate that. So uh, we're sp supposed to light and dark. It's about balance. Exactly. Exactly. When you make the two into one. Uh, I was recently reminded of that verse uh, after recent posts, Martin says. Good for you, my friend. Good. Yeah, I love that verse. It's like that verse to me is the most challenging thing he ever said because it literally puts every other religiosity or churchianity statement, literally puts it in its place, puts it in context. Again, love and respect to anybody who has that faith tradition. I'm not against you. I'm actually for you. Um, I'm not trying to disprove anything or, you know, anything like that. I'm just showing you a different way. I'm showing you my way. I'm sharing what I've done to deconstruct. Like literally I've worked in the church. I've taught in the church. Uh, I've be, been, I've trained under three different denominations to become a pastor at multiple points in my life. Um, you know, so I, I, I've been there is what I'm saying. So he who sits on the throne said we're in verse five now. Behold, I'm making all things new. That's the verse everybody likes to use. He's making all things new. Oh, when the kingdom comes, oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. He said, write for these words of God are faithful and true. He said to me, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Uh, by the way, that is the kind of the same statement that Lord Shiva says in Hinduism. Um. Shiva is the destroyer, but also the renewer. Like it's the cycle of energy. Okay. So this idea of alpha and omega, when we put it in religious terms, um, it means I'm the beginning and the end, like I'm the first and I'm the last. Um, and so it's like, oh, before I'm born, I know God. And when I die, I'm going to go meet God. 
Like that's what a lot of people try to interpret it as, right? When really like think about it as a cycle, like I am, you know, the death and rebirth of a star. I am uh, the regeneration of a cell. I am literally every cycle. And so when you start thinking of this as a cycle, we start thinking of as more of a mathematical code. And that's where we have this sacred geometry that's above me here. Um, or if you're watching, it's over here um, on Facebook and YouTube. Um, and so this sacred geometry um, is, again, more of a divine code. Namaste, my friend, blessed and healthy, says. Uh, it's more of a divine code for ascension. And this is this is how I interpret it here. So I will give freely to him who is thirsty from the spring of water of life. By the way, um, if you're not thirsty, you won't get it. And that's that's another thing like that people literally like they just blindly take out of this book. If you're not thirsty. OK, and that means for knowledge, by the way, early Christians were obsessed with knowledge, direct knowledge of God, direct knowing and understanding of God. How can you claim to be married to anyone if you don't have intimate knowledge of them? Okay. And knowledge in every way, exploring every aspect of that person, right? Like physically, mentally, spiritually. Like I've been married for almost uh, 11, 12 years now. And, you know, I'm still learning things about my wife. She's still learning things about me, like good, bad, and ugly, right? Um, and so that's a very, very important statement there is to understand that there is an intimacy involved in here and the intimacy is knowledge okay and if you're not thirsty for it then you're not going to get it and how many people like they think they have it figured out well the answer is in jesus you don't know g well you clearly don't know him like come on come on uh you know if, if you were still thirsty you wouldn't even make that statement, my friend. You wouldn't even make that statement because someone who is dying of thirst does not stop to tell someone else they're thirsty. Can I get an amen from the back, by the way? Gnosis exposes the archetypical structure of consciousness. Exactly. That's why I'm doing a whole series right now on like mythological archetypes, We're talking about the storm god, you know, the god of the air, god of the earth, um, the the union god, which ultimately is like Yahweh, which is an attempt to meet both of those together, but ultimately just becomes whatever people make of him. So if Moses had like anger towards the people that enslaved him, then that wrath of that I am God comes down on those people because I will become that which I become or that which I'm supposed to become, right? Um, again, that's like literally what Yahweh says or the I am says. And so that's a very interesting um, aspect. So you better be well, you better be healed, you better be balanced, you better be thirsty, if you're going to embody the I am, Merle said earlier, like, you know, they need to experience the I am. Absolutely. However, some people experience it and they're so uh, disillusioned and they're so distraught within that that I am actually becomes their inner illness, right? Their their emotions, uh, their unhealed traumas, all of those things, right? So uh, I'm not talking about medical whatsoever here. I'm talking about like your your psyche, your actual uh, spirit wellness. If you yoke with the I am and you are, you know, someone who is still trying to slay a bunch of demons basically in yourself and others, it's not going to be pretty, right? You know, you're going to create a warlord of a God and that will become you. Um, and so that like, that's the secret behind the I am and kind of why I think Yahweh pops up on the scene 
and does some really atrocious things when he keeps adopting archetypes of the air and the earth and the water and everything. Like he becomes all of the elementals together and becomes whatever he becomes through the prophet, through, uh, you know, the individual who's yoking with him. And again, not probably not even a him. It just becomes that tulpa of whatever people, you know, no other gods before the I am, which is ego exists. And it's the union of the root chakra ego and the highest chakra of the crown chakra, the existence. So ego exists in Greek is what I am is. So even when Jesus says, I am this or I am that, he's saying ego exists. Uh, and people are like, no, he's talking about Yahweh. No, he's talking about the philosophy of the I am, which is yoking yourself to a neutral God, a quantum force that can literally be created into anything. And we see how many times uh, the individual who has a bone to pick with someone else yokes with that. Uh, and Jesus taught how to be completely well, completely in balance, completely of service to others, completely in the frequency of love, then yoke to that knowing and create as a God with that source of God within us. And he even said that like, you know, his father was in spirit and in truth, no one has seen God at any time. So reminding that that's not God that you've seen. That's not God that your prophet saw. That's a tulpa. That's, you know, we can call it an interdimensional an extraterrestrial, a tulpa, an imaginary, whatever you want to call it. Clearly there was some mechanism there causing these phenomena to happen or these stories would never have been written down so um and that's where mythologies come from there's some data but there's also some things that are expounded upon and and added to for story right okay and this is where it gets interesting and this is where i think there is a real push within the romanization of the church we by the way we do not know scholars still don't agree on who wrote john or who wrote revelation it says, I, John, we don't know, you know, for a long time, it was assumed it was John the Apostle. Then it was assumed it was a different John from this island, Isle of Patmos. Uh, then it was assumed that it was someone like 300 years later, pinning it as pseudopigrapha in the name of John. Like, we really don't know. And I can't even find a good answer. Like, every different position on it differs. So that's why the book of Revelation for me is a huge conundrum because, I can't even put pen to paper on who actually wrote the thing. Uh, and so I kind of take it in the vein of things like the book of Enoch, uh, which we don't really know who wrote that either. You know, it, it is pseudopigrapha as well. And by the way, we're finding in, in 2024 here in, in the last decade or two, a lot of the Bible that we used to think was concretely written and penned by someone will find new data and go, okay, well, maybe that's actually pseudepigrapha too. Like they now know that Titus and Timothy, pseudepigrapha. And pseudepigrapha, by the way, means that like, if I wrote something and said, you know, I, George Washington, you know, like I would be pinning it in the name of George Washington because I had studied him a lot and wrote something in his vein, basically. That's what pseudepigrapha is. Just in case anybody was curious, I don't want to throw words around and assume because I've been doing this a long time and sometimes I forget not everybody knows some of the terminology of this stuff. Even the chakras, if you don't know what a chakra is, it's basically an energy center in your body, a hypothetical energy center. Those, those of us that practice this, we, we know and feel like they're very, you know, very tangible, but for someone who's not practiced it, uh, you don't even think about like energy centers in your body and seven of them 
from your root chakra, which is your tailbone, all the way to the crown of your head, being your crown chakra. The middle of those chakras, by the way, and I did a whole episode on this. In the book of Revelation, you have seven seals, you have seven chakras, seven scrolls, seven chakras, seven lampstands, seven chakras, seven angels, seven chakras, uh, seven stars, seven chakras. Do you see where I'm going with this? Uh, seven churches, seven chakras. Very interesting. Okay. And all of them are different devices to try and explain what happens when the human opens himself up and masters said chakra allows the angel to take charge to read the writing on the wall and what is supposed to be done what happens upon that day that hour that moment when you finally claim authority over your root chakra your sacral chakra your heart chakra your throat chakra your third eye your uh crown chakra and so on and so forth um, and that's personally the way I interpret it. And I actually think it works really, really well. Other people tend to agree with me on this. Other people tend to completely disagree with me on this. So I can't tell you I'm right, but I, for me, it makes the book of revelation make perfect sense. Again, as someone who has practiced this. So now we get into the part where, um, it talks about he who overcomes, I will give him these things. I will be his God and he will be my son. But for the cowardly, the unbelieving, the sinners, the abominable, the unalivers, the immoral ones physically, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars, their part is in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second unalivement. I don't think that needs explaining. We know there's a push within the biblical canon to make sure people know and fear H-E-L-L, -L, okay? It's all over the place. And in a way, it's not. H-E-L-L -L is really a construct that was highly perpetuated by Dante's Inferno, highly perpetuated by the early, and by early, I don't mean the early, early church. I mean like 300 years after Jesus you know, not even 300 years, we've got this real push to make sure that everybody knew that Jesus bled for you. And if you don't accept that and go through the church, you are going to H-E-L-L. -L. Unfortunately, that is still going on today. Again, literally no disrespect, okay? This is my experience. I have authority to talk about this because I've been through it, okay? It's just like somebody who's gone through um, like a medical, you know, issue and they are speaking on the good, the bad and the ugly of that and trying to help other people. Okay. That's why I have authority. Cause I've been through it. I've gone through the suffering. I've gone through the awakening. I've gone through the deconstruction. So that's where I can talk about it. And I'm not being offensive because I'm not coming against somebody who I'm not, I'm not been in that before and, and, and largely still in it. I mean, our community has a lot of different belief systems, and I love and respect all of them, but I'm just sharing my opinion and my point of view. So this verse for me, do I completely throw it out or do I just understand it as this is an effort to tie it to Old Testament God? That's where Book of Revelation for me has some really beautiful things, but it has some really questionable things because 
we understand if you read the authentic message of Jesus, which is just read the canonical gospels, read his words, and do not read the narrative around it, and understand his philosophy, this does not line up with his philosophy, which is the whole idea of sorcerers, anyone who is, uh, and this says, uh, you know, physically immoral, uh, someone who sleeps around or something like that, um, unalivers, sinners. But wait a minute, isn't that who Jesus himself literally hung out with, literally broke bread with, literally loved and literally said would enter the kingdom? I mean, even on the cross, wasn't the unaliver next to him? Didn't he say, truly, I will see you in the kingdom today? Like, so guys, we have to question it, okay? You know, the world doesn't end by us questioning the Bible. You are not going to get zapped down or smited for it. You might get persecuted for it. I get that every day, by the way. Go read the comment section. We get some great comments, but I also take a lot of heat. This is not for the faint of heart. Two years ago when I started doing this, I had days when I would literally break down and cry because people are mean. Okay? People are freaking mean. What's up, Frank? I think I got lucky reading Book of Revelations first before any other book in the Bible. Yes, you did, my friend. Yes, you did. Good for you. Lake of Fire is symbolic of a refiner's crucible. It's refining our heart. It's a dark night of the soul. Ding! Exactly, honeybee. Exactly. So when we take this, again, literally, we see this like, horrible imagery of people being thrown in a lake of fire. But when you take it esoterically or allegorically, the refining fires are a beautiful thing, right? Like we all want to go through that. It's not easy. It's not pretty. It's not fun. But I've been through it over the last two years. And I promise you it's worth it. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls, who were loaded with the last of the seven plagues, spoke with me saying, come here. I will show you the wife, the lamb's bride. He carried me away in spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God, her light was like a most precious stone, as if it were jasper stone, clear as crystal. My dog is yelling. Sorry, guys. Um, my wife got off early today. That's part of why I'm streaming early. And... uh She's actually really early, so she wasn't supposed to be home till one. I will dock her pay for that. So, yeah, right. Um, she'd slap me for saying that. Um, so having the glory of God. Again, like we're already seeing this beautiful imagery here. So I'm going to jump to this. You guys can go read this. Then we get into the Jasper and Sapphire and all of these beautiful things, right? I'm going to read to you guys. Uh, there's a book that I highly recommend, and I'm going to I'm going to read it very soon. I've I've skimmed through it today. Really like what I'm reading. There's a lot of math in it, by the way. Um, this is a guy named John Michel, uh, or Mikel, however you want to say it. Um, he's a mystic interpreter. Um, very very good book. It's called The Dimensions of Paradise by John Michel. M-I-C-H-E-L-L. -L. And one of the excerpts, he says, the water beneath the temple was both actual and metaphorical, existing as springs and streams, as spiritual energy 
and as a symbol of the receptive or lunar aspect of nature. So he basically goes through the book of Revelation, specifically this part um, on the New Jerusalem cube, and reinterprets it not as a cube, but as a divine fractal. As a mathematical pattern and a map for the new earth, okay? And you get into Dolores Cannon work, you hear stuff like this, um, and you can extrapolate this into three dimensions, and it becomes a Merkaba. If you lay it flat, you see what looks like a Star of David, and then a square on the outside, and a circle in the middle, and then circles in the corner of the square, and then circles around that, and then more star points. And it, it just is like an infinite, beautiful map. It's absolutely absolutely cool um and we're actually going to be working with this map tomorrow by the way if you're a part of our mythos community my mythos community is it's our private membership um it's going to be outside of social media uh, it's not on like discord or patreon or anything it's on my website it's a custom built hub just for our community we have our community which is like a social style community we have meetups on saturdays tomorrow Saturday, January 20th at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, we're going to have a meetup and we're we're starting these workshops and every meetup where we're going to do a short workshop, about 30 minutes. You know, we do we have we talk beforehand and then we do like a 30 minute workshop and then we're going to discuss afterwards. And in this workshop, we're going to be working with this map, this new earth map. And we're going to go through and you guys are going to actually bring the things you want to manifest. Okay. I'm not talking like, I want to be happy in 2024. Then be happy. Like, be happy right now. I'm going to tell you that tomorrow. Be happy. Choose to be happy, okay? If you want a car that's fuel efficient, if you want a house that's big enough for you and your kids and your dogs and, and, a, and a new husband or wife or whatever, I want you to bring the real stuff you want. User 38 says, how do I join? You can just click my uh, profile, my bio or the description, or you can scan the QR code on Facebook or YouTube here. Um, it'll take you to my website, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. There's two different membership options there and you can do the monthly or you can do the yearly. The yearly, you get like two months free with it. I am still running an extra membership. So if you join, as long as you have one, uh, you have a membership. If you join before the end of January, 2024, um, I'm going to give you a second one free. So anybody that wants one, like you got a husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, bestie, whatever, aunt, uncle, I don't care you, your kid. Like you got a kid and you're like, Hey, I want my kid to be a part of the community. As long as you're in there with them, bring them along. And I'm going to give them a free membership alongside yours if you join before the end of January. So you can go check that out. That's how you're going to join the workshop tomorrow. Every weekend we're doing workshops. If you can't join, we got people that live in Germany, Australia, all over the place. They can't always join on Saturdays. We have people that work on Saturdays. I get it. I record every one of these. And then you have direct contact with me and everyone else in the community. We have over 150 some odd members now. It's growing like crazy, guys. You're going to have access to go through this, you're going to get the recording. You can go through it on Monday or Wednesday or whenever you have time and still do it with us. Okay. You are still just as much a part of the community. So don't feel obligated. Oh, I have to be there if I join. 
You just have access to it. Okay. It's in your back pocket. So there's the QR code. You guys join. I would love, love, love to have you. It's directly supports this content so I can create more all the time. And then you get a really cool community, tons of perks. I can't even go through all the perks you get, but I promise you will love it. If you don't love it, you can cancel anytime. No questions asked. I love you. Thank you so much. Go check it out. Let's continue with Revelation here before I jump off. I'm going to go for about 15 more minutes here. If you guys have questions, drop them. Um, so the way, thank you for joining my friend. Appreciate you. Um, by the way, I'll send you a welcome post and a video too to get you oriented very soon. Saturday meetups are worth the monthly fee alone, Ashley says, a wealth of combined knowledge. Thank you, my friend. Absolutely. I mean, just the, you know, just the Saturday meetups, people charge more than I do for everything you get. So it's 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 an awesome, awesome uh, opportunity, guys. I'm very proud of what we do here. So I am located in Amarillo, Texas. Amy uh, wants to know where I'm located. Top of Texas. If you look at Texas and you see the little top hat on top, the little rectangle there, I'm like, bling, right in the middle of that rectangle. If you've heard of the Palo Duro Canyon, I live 10 minutes from it. In fact, I went out there last night, got to hike with my wife, my beautiful dogs, got an awesome photo of the moon right above my head, perfectly at half mast. Beautiful. Uh, far to meet up from Michigan. They're online, Amy. It's all virtual. It's through Zoom. Um, so by the way, yeah, it's you don't have to meet anywhere. I call them meetups. They're virtual meetups. Maybe I need to be more clear on that. My apologies. It's all virtual. It's all on my website. Um, it's a really cool hub that I've built. Um, you can share content on their videos. I've got a private video feed on there too, where I share my stuff that's going on with just the community. Uh, really, really cool. Lots of different mechanisms on that to keep you involved, to keep you going on your path. So, um, but yeah, you don't have to drive anywhere. It's uh, as long as you have an internet connection, if you can watch this, you can join the meetup. So it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, but my apologies for not clarifying on that. Edith says, Oh, um, correct. Water is meum in heaven and shaman. I agree with you. People can be cruel. Yeah. Uh, man, when I started this, the comments I got, I still get the same comments. Uh, but I've just learned, I've learned, I've learned where I've learned what they really mean, what they really mean with those comments. Uh, so you got seven bowls, seven angels. I mean, all of this connects guys. Jasper stone clear as crystal. And I really like this book, Dimensions of Paradise. Uh, one of the things he talks about is the mandalas. So a mandala, Sanskrit, um, is literally a circle, a geometric configuration of symbols. In various spiritual traditions, mandalas may be employed for focusing attention of practitioners and adepts as a spiritual guidance tool for establishing a sacred space as within the aid to meditation or transinduction. Okay, by the way, if you were raised in the church like I was, I'm not trying to rag on church at all, by the way. Um, I just was, I was homeschooled growing up and I had a lot of uh, kind of programming within the evangelical thing. And one of the things was that Mandela's would steal your soul, which is the most ridiculous thing. 
Um, and these things are beautiful, which there's one on the, the page right now. You can see that that's a mandala, uh, or mandala. Uh, they're, they're beautiful. Um, it's just all about the mathematics. It's repeating patterns and numbers. They would paint these on tiles way back in the day, uh, back in antiquity. Um, sometimes they would paint uh, individual tiles and do a whole room out of these things. Sometimes they would do a giant mosaics. Sometimes they would do them on tapestries. If you guys see the rug in the background here, you can't see it on TikTok. But and on my other stream here, you can see my rug. This has mandalas like woven into it. So you have different patterns within it. If you've seen a Pajmita rug, that's got mandalas in it. Uh, if you've seen, uh, you know, Aladdin's carpet that has mandalas in it, you know, those, those types of designs, lots of uh, Near Eastern designs, uh, very, very pretty. Um, so I really like them. And I actually think after reading through Revelation again and reading all these dimensions and stuff and understanding this, um, I can totally see how this is a three-dimensional mandala or what we call a Merkaba. Um, and a Merkaba is a very interesting thing. So a Merkaba is uh, what we consider a light body. Okay. This is in uh, mysticism. Um, the actual word is Merkava, Merkava uh, with a V. But here in the U.S., we just say Merkaba. Um, so from the Israeli, um, da, 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 where is it? okay? So within Jewish mysticism, um, they kind of base this theory on things like Ezekiel one, like the wheel inside the wheel that we talked about, uh, concerning the stories of the ascents to the heavenly places of the throne of God. So again, if those are literal, that's straight up UFO technology. If those are esoteric stories. Um, or what we call allegorical, then this idea of a Merkava or a light body, um, it's, it's essentially a vehicle. And if you've ever meditated, you can imagine a triangle opening over you. And then imagine that triangle has four sides on it. And then imagine that there's another triangle upside down and it has four sides. So you have two pyramids upside down over each other turned into themselves so it makes a three-dimensional star of David, okay? And you sit in the middle of this in a circle, in a bubble suspended in it. And so if you've meditated and you felt that out-of-body experience, some people have actually seen these with their third eye or in visions, looking very similar to this, you know, kind of star that I have over here, right? With the eye in the middle of it, but you would be in the middle of that. And it's almost like you're sitting at the middle of the universe, um, and it's looking back at you. Uh, there's the famous quote, the same eye that we view God is the same, um, is the same eye that God views us. It's like, literally we share our third eye is not our third eye. It is God's eye within us. That's, that's what that saying basically is, is trying to get across. And so I think that's a really beautiful way to understand it. So, uh, if I am new to this awakening, can I still join blessed and healthy says yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Um, the community that we have guys, like we're not, I mean, it's not like we're some high ascended hippie tribe or something like we've got people that have been doing this their whole life. We have people that started yesterday. We have people that are still deconstructing from church and teaching Sunday school. So 
like literally no matter where you're at i promise you there's somebody in there that's right right at your point of the journey and i promise you i've been there so i know exactly where you're coming from uh, dream star oracle ashley says come as you are absolutely so no you don't have to be like no 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 there's as long as you're there in love and light like that's the that's the pre-screening are, are you are you willing to love other people support them on their journey while they support you great cool you're you know you're in we keep it family friendly that's the only other thing you know i i try to be very um family friendly with all the posts and stuff so um because i want everybody to have a positive experience but no you don't have to you don't even have to know what a merkaba is you don't have to know what a chakra is none of that none of that doesn't matter in fact if you get in the version with my academy um, I teach a lot of that in the academy. So I've got a lot of like the base information in the academy. Then I have a lot of my techniques. So, you know, the academy has been good for people who've done it for a long time and get to re-go over things and hear my framework for it. And it's also good for people who have never done spirituality before because I really introduce you to each concept as we go. So it's all come as you are, work at your own pace you know, make only the commitment you're comfortable with. So, um, okay. Let me grab a few questions here. Did I cover everything? I mean, like, do you guys get what I'm saying about new Jerusalem? It's a map rather than a place, um, is, is, is how I interpret it. You know, this is a map of consciousness of new earth, by the way, it has 12 gates, by the way, it corresponds to the Zodiac, by the way, the seven seals and the seven angels and the seven churches and seven lampstands and seven stars. Those are all to do with your chakras. It has to do with when you light the lamp of your chakra. Um, and then this map unfolds and the mysteries of all 12 Zodiac are available to you as you sit in the middle with Christ, that seat, it says, uh, in this city, there's no throne room. There's no temple. It's lit by the glory of God. And the reigning authority in it is the Lamb of God or Christ, which is the pure one, right? Um, and so once you do this within you, that's the reigning authority within you. And this map, this very Merkaba map becomes your reality where you just see everything connected. Like you are connected to everything and everything's connected to you. And it becomes this wild, wild journey in this beautiful existence, by the way. You can't learn this in church. I mean, I wish you could. I wish I could go sit in church and hear this message. I would still go to church. Uh, it's not that the message is easy or convenient. It's actually difficult. And yes, it requires your work. But it's beautiful. And I wish I could hear this in an, in an average church on any given Sunday. But unfortunately, I've had to make up my own message. One that is not written in theology books. One that's not written in a pre-scripted point of view this is just all what i've had to learn the hard way and i hope just a little bit that this helps you go okay wait a minute there's more here than what the eye sees because thine eye should be single right so anyway i think this is a really beautiful uh vimanas do have a circular structure yes exactly anuna art the vimanas the hindu vimanas uh, they're considered flying machines or um, really cities. A lot of them were cities, like they're huge. Um, we've, you know, there's been reports of these celestial cities for so long. 
And, you know, to me, it's almost like they're ghosts of what can be. It's they're like ghosts of what um, we have in our hearts. You know, it's like that phantom of creation that's we can see it in the sky. And rather than it being a physical thing that lands on the earth and changes the world, the awareness and the vision of it is what actually creates it and changes the world. Like to me, it's, it's all reversed of what we think. Like you read the book of revelation, you think, Oh, once this comes, everything will be perfect. No. Once you have full realization and knowledge and gnosis of this and experience of this within you, that's when the world changes. That's when your outer reality changes. Uh, Honeybee says, I found out Ezekiel's wheel inside the wheel is the seraphot of the tree of life to channel to the source. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Again, all of those. And, and by the way, you know, people want to know too, well, how does ancient astronaut theory, you know, if these were aliens, how does that work into this understanding of like higher consciousness and the seraphot and uh, the wheel inside the wheel and all of that? Because even if it happens physically, there's a spiritual representation of it. If these gods or these Elohim came down in physical or extra dimensional craft, the way they're designed has a message for you. Just like your microwave, when you look at it and it says 1111, that's a message for you. Everything in creation has a message for you. Okay. And I really believe that you might think I'm delusional for that. That's fine. Uh, but I promise you it's less delusion and more inclusion into the mind of God. And it's a very, very weird place to be. But the more I experience it, the more I want it. Um, and if I don't experience it, the more I miss it. And it's it's this weird place to be where like everything is a message. Like, let me watch something on streaming tonight. And now I watch a movie that's like has all of these esoteric symbols and all the archetypes of the gods and all the different things that I've been through in the last year and all the like every storyline is for me. And it's such a weird thing. And that's why I'm doing all the archetype series right now, which may seem boring. You know, they don't get as many views as some of my other videos, but it's important to understand the different archetypes. Why is there, why are there storm gods and which are the storm gods? Why are there lords of the earth? Which are the lords of the earth? What are the gods of the sea? Why are there most high gods? You know, I just did one on, you know, Odin, El Elyon, you know, uh, God most high, king of the gods, had some very questionable spiritual practices compared to what we hear in the biblical canon or what our idea of the most high God is. If you actually look into the lore and legend of people like Odin or gods like Odin, you find out that it's not really what it seems on the surface. And then it makes you wonder, well, what about El Elyon? What about the other archetypes connected to this God most high? Where was that magic coming from? Why was Melchizedek, you know, yoked with this El Elyon? And he was very mystical, very weird. Uh, we have like almost nothing about him in the Bible, but all kinds of different mythologies about him. So it's very, very interesting when you start looking into that. So. Kenny says inclusion over delusion. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Stephanie, thank you for tagging people. I appreciate it. Uh, hope they enjoy the episode. Thank you, my friend. Gustavo says, do you have thoughts on what happens to your soul when you are unalived? Yes. Um, I believe in transmigration of the soul, which means that you essentially go through all 12 houses of the Zodiac and if you've learned and purified yourself and become who you are, who your truth is, which is the true son of God, the child of God, 
or source you've yoked with source and and channeled all of that into your existence you burned karma then you get to make choices about when and where you incarnate like when you're first spawned or separated from the super soul you're going to go through all 12 houses and so you might be born different times and places and you'll go through different houses as different archetypes and you're going to learn all of these lessons right some people say well i'm on my last incarnation or whatever I have no idea what incarnation I'm on. You know, I don't really want to do this again. I'll tell you that. Uh, but I don't doubt, you know, this is all a game. I'm probably get back up there and go, yeah, I'm bored. Let's go. I want to go do it again. Like, you know, send me to the year 3027, you know, like I'm going to be born then and I'm going to be born rich this time or what, you know, or I'm going to be born poor this time and challenge myself, whatever it is, you know, it's, it's going to be, I just really think I heard a, an NDE, a near-death experience recently where this gentleman was talking. I think his name was Bill. Uh, it was just a, you know, a, a personal testimony of a guy who had uh, been, you know, pronounced clinically uh, unalive for quite some time. And he had gone outside of his body and he felt like he was a bubble expanding into everything. I think I sent it to Martin earlier. It's beautiful video. Um, he felt like he was expanding into the universe and he knew like he was watching all this information come by and he knew all of these things. And he was like, Oh my gosh, we are so wrong. Humanity is so wrong. This is like the truth about us is insane. This is like, I'm a part of everything, this vast consciousness. And he just goes through this insane trip of like, you know, being unalive. And, and, and he realized he's like, I'm not that guy. Why did I believe I was that guy? Like, that's insane. Why did I believe I was that guy? And then he meets with these three beings. And a lot of people have met these beings too. And they're these three short hooded beings. Some people call them dwarves or elves. Some people call them grays. I think that, you know, the grays do a lot more than people think. Um, and these beings acted like they were his best friend. And they're like so happy to see him. These three little beings. They're like, oh my gosh, we're so happy to see you come here and they're like you know patting him like good job buddy how was it tell us about it and it's like this show and tell moment and he's like well i did this and i did this then he meets this like light being that was made out of stars and like plasma and it would move and part of it would stay behind and then it would kind of catch up with itself and phase in and out and it had a big smile on its face and he and then he says to that being he's like okay how do we do this like do i go over all the lessons i learned and that being's like sure you know okay and he starts going over all the things he learned and this being is like chuckling he's like okay that's enough he's like back you go and that was it like you know but it was like he said he realized this is a game he chose to be here somehow he's supposed to remember these beings oh one thing they said was he doesn't remember us. He doesn't remember us. By the way, this happens a ton in the DMT realms, happens a ton with NDEs, happens a ton with uh, out-of-body experiences. People meet these beings. They're like, don't you remember us? Guys, there's a whole lot more going on than we know. And you're not hearing about it in church, and you're not hearing about it in the Bible. And I love the Bible, and I love church, and I love everyone who loves the Bible and loves church. But you're not getting the whole picture. You can't get the whole picture without experiencing it. And if you're hung up on, I have to have this set of agreements and that's the only truth, you're never going to experience the expanse and the vast consciousness that awaits you outside of having to know absolute truth all the time.
because the what ifs is where the experiences are. One of my favorite Marvel shows is what if it's the, the cartoon version where they explore an alternate reality. That's my life. That's what I do here. I explore the what if every day and I hope you guys enjoy it. So Frank says, I still have a ton of karma to fulfill and my God purpose. So I pray I get to where I'm supposed to be. Frank, you're already there, brother. You are literally where you're supposed to be right now. That's what I mean. Like there, there's nothing, there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. A vacation life. Exactly. Phoenix, you're already there. You have not because you ask not. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow, guys. We're going to workshop the heck out of this. And I'm going to show you guys exactly how I don't manifest. Like, oh, I want something and I, I try to create it. I become it. And I can prove that. I've got a brand new pickup sitting in the garage. Because I became it. Okay? I'm not bragging at all. This isn't about, oh, look at me. I got a truck. Yeah, a lot of people have a truck. I'm just saying... When I started this, I had zero money and a crap ton of debt. I still have a crap ton of debt, but I'm finally like getting like getting some of the things in my 3D reality after deconstructing everything, losing everything, and learning that I have to become the thing or I'll lose it. And there are some things that are worth losing. Some things it's like, ah, oh, I really don't care about that anymore. Okay, I'm not that thing anymore. I'm not in that vibration. I let it go. I'm going to send it back. Let it be energy again. So that's how I do things. And I'm going to share some of that tomorrow and actually workshop that with everybody. So be sure and be there. If you guys are in the mythos community, in the private community, please, please, please be there tomorrow. Uh, you don't want to miss tomorrow. I've never workshopped things like this and I'm going to continue doing this. I think this is how our calls are going to be from now on because it's going to be a great opportunity for people to chat, to give feedback, to work with me, work with themselves and really get somewhere with this stuff where it's not just another podcast. So we're really going to be doing some awesome work from now on in the mythos community. So honeybee says, I'm excited. Absolutely. I know you are. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Uh, y'all are having great conversations. I love it. I love it. Um, traditionally women cannot study Kabbalah because we can lose our minds. So beware. I did not know that. Interesting. Uh, now I know that dream star. Thank you. Um, okay. I think y'all are being funny. Yeah. I, I guess I don't get humor until I read it twice, but I think I see what you're saying. LOL. Um, I haven't studied Kabbalah quite a bit. I need, I need to, um, it just never really like struck me as something I I'm, I'm much more into Gnosticism, I guess. I really like Gnosticism because it's less about the map and diagram and more about the kind of understanding of it. And so that that's what resonated with me about Gnosticism. So, um, Zeus is in Lil and Nuna art says Zeus is technically o o Odin and, um, Anu, um, in my understanding, but there, there's a lot of crossover too. So, um, uh, and I may be wrong about that, but it's archetypes. Nobody's ever really wrong about archetypes because they cross over a lot. Uh, Alexis says Jesus is the 13th archetype. Uh, yes, yes, exactly. Uh, so, you know, um, Oficus, I think is how you say it. The 13th Zodiac. 
but it's not like an extra one the way i understand it it's like the middle it's it's the culmination of all of them uh the serpent bearer the christ light the light bearer lucifer um again lucifer has been turned into this evil character not at all by the way uh people just want you to believe that and, and i've shown that plenty of times through different verses but um you know we just got to get away from that idea that somehow lucifer is evil and understand that the the bringer of light is always a good thing may not be comfortable but it's always a good thing it illuminates the darkness right um Thank you, Kenny. Kenny says, tip this mind-melting creator. I appreciate you, my friend. Yeah, you guys can tip too. I haven't been pushing that a lot lately. Uh, but you can drop stars on Facebook, gifts on TikTok, uh, supers on YouTube. And then you can also go to the link in my profile, um, cubcooker, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. And I've got a PayPal link on there too. So whatever you guys can do, uh, join the community and tip just tip just join the community whatever you guys want to do really helps me out to keep making awesome content so thank you guys so much i appreciate that uh, anuna art says this one is a good stream thank you thank you my friend i appreciate that y'all be sure and follow me too and follow me on all platforms uh these algorithms man i've got people that are like really good friends and really tight in the community that don't see the content and they interact with it and for some reason they're not being shown my videos so like you know, share it, comment it, like on it. Um, you know, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, X, um, Spotify, Apple, everything's over at cubcooker, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. There's my official handle on all platforms at C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R. No space, no underscore, nothing, no dots at C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com cubcooker.com and cubcooker is my handle so yeah there's a bunch of copycat accounts the reason i put that up here is like don't follow an underscore account or a dash account this is my only account so and, and i've got it verified on most platforms working on it on tiktok right now and i'll probably do it on x one of these days when i get some more followers on there so frank says algorithm trying to keep us divided I, it's something trying to keep money flowing probably Frank says, I have to go to your profile to see your videos. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't understand. It's so annoying, but that's what we do. That's why I, you know, that's why I built the community so we can make sure we stay connected because a lot of us, that's how we stay connected. So anyway, y'all read through, um, revelation 21. Let me know what you think. Um, comment on this video. Even if you watch a year from now, I always love coming back answering comments um i really like the part where they talk about the pure gold transparent like glass so it's gold and transparent very interesting um no temple in it as i said earlier the lamb is its temple um no need for sun or moon the glory of god illuminates it that's also called the self-illuminated man the nations will walk in its light, okay? I believe the more of us wake up, the more of us shine that Christ light within, the more the nations will walk in our light, absolutely. Again, it's not a reverse thing. It comes from us, I believe, so. Uh, yeah, and that's about it. So this has been a good one. 
weird streaming this early in the day, but I liked it. Uh, my stream is normally Monday through Friday, 3.30 Central Standard Time. And I normally go from 3.30 all the way to 5. Uh, sometimes I go to 5.30 uh, if I get going. So for today, I'm going to go ahead and stop this just a few minutes early because it is lunchtime for a lot of people. I want to let you guys get to lunch. And I would like to go eat lunch too. So I love you guys. Y'all have a beautiful, beautiful day. Thank you, Anuna Art. Uh, thank you, Giovanni. Thank you, Kenny. Uh, Laura, thank you. Um, Dana, Rodney, Cynthia, Karen, Riley. Uh, man, we had a lot of people on today. Frank, thank you. Dreamstar, thank you. Honeybee, thank you. I love you guys so much. Y'all have a beautiful day. Missy, thank you. Peace. Namaste. God bless. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't forget the call. There's the, uh, the information all in the description. Come join our call tomorrow. I'd love to have you on. Love you guys. Peace.